Hello and welcome to this episode of the Print On Demand Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Kerry Egler, here with my co-host, Adrian Vonarks. And today is a jam-packed episode where we're going to give you six strategies to increase your average order value. There's so much gold in this episode, so you want to make sure you stay until the very end. But before we hop into the content, we want to ask you, if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave us an honest review on whatever platform you're listening on. Or if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe and leave us a comment down in the comments below. We're so glad you're here and thank you for listening today. And before we jump in, here's a quick word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Gelato, the world's largest print-on-demand network. Gelato enables individuals ranging from e-commerce entrepreneurs to artists and creatives to establish their own global business. What makes Gelato truly unique is their focus on local production. The item being delivered is produced in the country that the order is placed almost 90% of the time, leading to numerous benefits for you, including lower costs, faster delivery times, and reduced carbon emissions. The focus on technology to bring together over 130 production facilities across 32 countries truly sets them apart. Not only that, they currently have the highest customer satisfaction score in the POD industry on Trustpilot. To check them out for yourself, go to sixfigurefounder.com backslash gelato and use the discount code POD playbook, all caps, to get 60% off your first order when placed within 72 hours. That's the number six figurefounder.com backslash G E L A T O. You can also find the link and discount code in the podcast show notes or in the video description on YouTube. Welcome back, everybody. We're pumped to jump in today. This is six ways to increase your average order value. Adrian, how are you doing today? I am doing great. I am mid-move. You're moving. So it, my life is a little bit chaotic this week. But um, aside from that, man, like really good, really excited, um, <clears throat> really excited for kind of six-figure founder and excited for moving. So I'm actually moving back to Vancouver for a couple of months just for fun because that's the kind of freedom and flexibility that I always dreamed of and I can actually do it. So I feel very grateful for that. Um, so yeah, man, nothing but good things. How about yourself? Dude, you're moving countries. That's We were just talking yeah. before the podcast. Uh, that's like a whole nother level of moving. It's like, I've, the last time I moved, I moved two miles. So <laughs> it's like right down the street, uh, yeah. you're moving like thousands of miles away. So I feel for you. And we, I, well, I collectively speak for the print on demand playbook community that we all appreciate you making time <laughs> to still be here and, and do this podcast for us. Oh, Thank dude, you. of course, man. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna miss out on this. Like I love jumping on these episodes and sharing what we know and, I mean, we just keep getting good positive feedback on, on the reviews. So it's just like more inspiration and motivation for us to keep going. But, but, but I'm yeah. doing great. Thank you for asking. Uh, playing all the pickleball. I said, I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Uh, playing all the pickleball. I headed more, to more pickleball right after this, right after this recording. So that's pretty much all I can think about. So if I mention pickleball another 16 times in this podcast, it's because I'm going there right after this podcast to play. So I'm pumped. Dude, you got pickleball on the mind these days. <laughs> you're gonna be like, dude. you're gonna be on the next ESPN zone. What's uh, what's it called? The uh, pickle? What was the pickle, that? Big the slam. The slam. The yeah, pickleball the pickleball slam. slam. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, I was watching it yeah. at the gym. 
Uh, you have to be, be like, a famous. You're be you have, one of those future guys on there. You have to be an old, famous tennis player to be on there. So <laughs> maybe in like 30 years. Um, anyways, uh, well, yeah, we want to jump in here. We wanted we want to uh, share a review from a listener yes. out there. We appreciate you guys so much. And so yep. Adrian's going to share a quick review before we jump into the content today. Yeah, this is our shout out of the week. So keep the reviews coming, guys, and we're going to keep shouting you guys out. So this one is from Huge Fan. I love that name. Nice name. <laughs> I, hope they're, I hope they're talking about our podcast. Um, <laughs> and they say, I've listened to all your podcasts. That's awesome. Uh, these are great for a beginner like me. Your topics have been timely and provide great recommendations. Any chance you guys could do an episode where listeners could submit questions? Yes, absolutely. Yes. We could. We would love to, in fact. And I, I'm so glad that you brought this up because at the very beginning, when we were kind of planning the podcast, we were talking about having like a frequently asked questions episode occasionally where we just take the most frequently asked questions and we just kind of dive in and, and answer them all. So Carrie and I were talking offline about kind of how we can do this the easiest way for you guys to get your questions to us. And right now we don't have like the like the, the smoothest way of doing it, but like feel free to DM us anytime. Like yes. Carrie, uh, where's the best place to DM you with questions? Probably Instagram. It's my name. It's just K-E-R-R-Y-E-G-E-L-E-R. It'll have a it will have a little verified check next to it because I right am pay, paying paying meta <laughs> for the verified check. Nice. Uh, but so look for the check because we have had some fraudulent accounts. But just shoot me a hmm. DM on there. If I don't respond right away, like I'll definitely see it. I just check only check them from certain at certain times. So um, but we love to like just submit those questions and maybe we'll we'll uh, answer them on the podcast. How can they contact yeah. you, Adrian? Yeah, that, that, that's great. For me, uh, Instagram, same thing, at Ecom Legends Academy. That's the account I check the most. That is my coaching community. So the, exactly the way it's spelled, Ecom Legends Academy. Um, DM me there. Let me know that you know, you're a podcast listener and this is one of your questions. Do the same for Carrie. And what we'll do is we'll compile them and we'll do an episode for you guys. We're more than happy. Like, we're going to take this episode where you guys want, or this podcast where you guys want it to go. So um, if that's yes. what you guys want, absolutely. Um, I love it. And cool. I think well, when we, we, in the beginning, when we were planning the podcast, we didn't yeah. know if we would actually have people actually listening to the <laughs> podcast. So uh, that wasn't something we thought about, but now right. people are listening. So that's exciting. Right. No, it is yes. exciting. It's super cool. I would love to do that more than happy to. So um Sweet. Well, we'll we'll definitely work on that. You guys, in the meantime, send us your questions. But why don't we why don't we just hop in here and talk about today's episode? So we're going to be talking about how to get customers to spend more money at your store. That is really what this is. And the kind of scientific technical term for it is average order value or AOV. So what I had in mind was we would explain, we would give you guys the definition of average order value just so everyone knows. And then we would give you kind of the formula that people use to calculate average order value, which is actually super simple. And then we will dive in and we will talk about six ways that you can increase the average order value on your store. So how does that sound to you, Carrie? It sounds great, dude. 
And I, okay. I also want to I want to throw in there just why average order value is important. Mm. Um, like what, why, how, kind of how I look at it through the lens that I look at it. But I, I love it if you started just by kind of the definition and kind of yep. telling people how they could calculate their average order value. For sure. For sure. So I want to make this, I want to try to make this as easy to understand as possible because I think some people do get complicated by this, but I think some people overcomplicate their explanation and make it more complicated than it is. At the end of the day, in the simplest terms, you are just increasing your average order value is essentially just trying to increase the amount that each customer spends on your store, period. That's it. That's what it is. But the more technical definition, according to Shopify, is the average order value, also known as AOV, which a lot of people refer to it as that, is the average dollar amount customers spend each time an order is placed on your shop. So to calculate the average order value, all you have to do is add up your store's revenue, so your sales, how much do your store make, and divide it by the total number of orders. And in case that was unclear, I just want to give a really quick and simple example. So let's say that your store made $5,000 in sales and you made 100 orders. So you made 5,000 and that was from 100 orders. Your average order value would be $50. That means on average, your customers spend $50 each time they make a purchase from your store. So hopefully that makes sense. And the other thing I want to say about this is don't let this overwhelm you too much. Like if you are just starting, you don't need this. You know, if, if you're working on getting your designs and just working on building your website, I would actually recommend doing this as a next step part of, you know, conversion, optimizing your website. Uh, and so I don't want people to get overwhelmed or let this hold them back from taking action, especially if you're in the early steps, but I just want to kind of put that disclaimer out there. And the last thing I want to say about it is fortunately Shopify has just a crazy number of apps in the Shopify app store that can help you increase your average order value with very little work on your part. So that should bring some comfort as well. And we're going to talk about some of those. So, so a couple of thoughts on that. Number one yeah. is that I just wanted to add is why one of the reasons this number is important is uh, the, so I don't know if you kind of look at your store like this, especially when you're when you're marketing and everything, Adrian. But the way I always look at it is, you know, I think a lot of people, especially beginners, when you're especially when you're spending money on marketing, if you're spending money on ads and different things. Mm -hmm. You're kind of relating that to like your core product and what your profit margin is on that. Mm -hmm. So let's say you have a t-shirt that you're selling for $25 and you're paying $12 on it. Well, you have a $13 margin. So people are, so you might be thinking as a beginner, you know, if I, if I spend $13 to get a sale on an ad, well now I've, I'm basically at break even because I had a $13 profit margin, mm -hmm. but I actually always recommend that people look at average order value. This is how this is what I look at because your average order value tells you on average again what what a customer is spending when they come. So some customers are going to spend twenty five dollars. They're going to buy one t shirt or one item, but then some customers are going to spend seventy or a hundred dollars, and you should be concerned with what that average is because that's going to that's obviously going to tell you 
what your true profit margins it, margins are. Mm-hmm. So you're measuring your average order value. You're kind of more looking at what is the average, what is the profit margin on your average order value, and that gives you a better idea of how much you can spend on your marketing. Yeah. And then from there, if you're seeing that your marketing is not, I'm and I'm kind of going into like a uh, analyzing your store, but if you're seeing that your marketing is not profitable, you can do two things. You can look at how to lower your ad cost. There's many ways to do that. Or you can also look at how to increase your average order value. And yes. this, these are, those are two ways to increase profit. And so that's why I think these six things are really important uh, because they will help you increase that average order value, which will increase your profit margins mm-hmm. um, because it won't actually cost you more in marketing, right? Your, in, in theory, your marketing cost is going to stay the same. If you pay $10 to get a customer, you're still going to pay $10, but increasing your average order value will just give you much more profit along with that. So right. I didn't mean to go, I didn't mean to go that deep, but I no. really love talking about that stuff. I love it. It's yeah, no, I like nerding out over this too. And, and it's a really good point. So kind of to summarize what you were saying is the higher average order value, the more you can spend to acquire a customer and, and still be profitable and still be profitable. And a lot of people say, you know, you've probably heard this before where kind of gurus are like, whoever can spend the most to acquire a customer is going to win. Yep. And if you can be increasing your average order value, and you know the average order of your customers in the average, then you can you know how much you can spend, and that allows you to budget accordingly. Yeah, and and we're not saying necessarily that you need that you want to like that you want to spend more on your marketing to acquire customers, right? But it's also in certain niches, right? It might legitimately just be twenty dollars to get a customer. Like mm-hmm. if that niche is a little more competitive or whatever the case may be, but you shouldn't, in my opinion, you shouldn't look at it and say, well, this niche, it costs $20 to get a customer. So I'm just going to go to another niche. Mm-hmm. You should, you should, uh, instead look at how can I be profitable at this acquisition cost and start to work backwards from that? What are the different things you can do? And we're about to give you six amazing ways that you can, that you can do that. Yeah. And I think once we explain these ways and jump in, things will become more clear to people. So, you know, in in case what we're saying right now sounds confusing, I think these recommendations are really going to clarify things for you. So the goal should always be to try to encourage customers to spend as much as possible when they purchase. And one thing that a kind of a way just before we jump in last thing one thing that i like that one way that i like to think about it is i expect that most customers are not going to come back again and i don't mean that in a bad way i just mean statistically speaking it's very rare that you'll ever meet a shop that has like a 50 percent return customer rate and so that's i think that's a good mindset to have in terms of average order value be like okay if this customer never came back again which statistically they're probably not then my goal should be to try to get as much out of this customer in this one purchase to make it as profitable for me um assuming that they might not come back and that's just one way that i've kind of thought about it maybe it's like backwards thinking to some people of course my my goal is always to encourage repeat sales the money is in the repeat sales i want as many repeat sales as possible and we implement a lot of systems to encourage that but when we look at the analytics when we look at the numbers they tell us that 50 percent of customers aren't coming back Mm -hmm. so that that's why we want that's why we like to focus on average order value as well and just to wrap it up 
like I think average order value is maybe the most important number. It's one of the most important numbers in your entire online, really not just apparel business, but if you have an e-commerce business or almost any type of product mm-hmm. you're selling, even digital products online, average order value is huge. Um, mm-hmm. And so this is a really important number. So I'd encourage you to buckle up, lock in, buckle put in the up. AirPods and put it in the, 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 the mode where you can't hear stuff. Cause it's really <laughs> I couldn't remember what it was called. <laughs> what is it? Yeah. What, like a uh, noise cancellation. Noise cancellation. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Or, or just put your phone on D and D and just like, yeah, there buckle you go. down. But yeah, let's just jump into the first one here. This one is probably the lowest hanging fruit, the simplest one to implement. It's so easy. <laughs> And it actually works. It, it, it's worked for a long time. It still works today. And that is having a free shipping threshold. So for anyone who doesn't know what a free shipping threshold is, it's essentially when you cust- when you incentivize your customers with free shipping when they spend a certain amount on your shop. So you've probably seen this all the time on e-commerce websites where it says free shipping in the US over $50 or free shipping over $75. That is an example of a free shipping threshold. And I don't know about you guys, but those things lure me in. Like Carrie, I seriously, when I get, when I see free shipping thresholds, Mm. I will spend more to get that free shipping because I feel like I'm getting more value. At least I'm getting another item and not paying for the shipping. Whereas if you're paying for the shipping, you're not getting anything tangible for it. You know what I mean? Dude, yeah, they get me every single time. Like there's, there's a reason, there's a reason you see this on so many e-commerce websites. I mean, it's, it's all because, because think about it. You, you add an item to the cart. And you're like, let me go to check out. And what happens? It pops up or it shows a little thing there. And it's like only $20 away. And it's like, ah, why would I throw away seven or $8 on shipping when I could just add another item? It works. So like, like you said, this is the lowest hanging fruit. There are, uh, apps that you can get, you know, even an app like, um, free shipping bar, which is, Mm -hmm. they even have a free version and, um, it will, what it will do is it will actually calculate it at the top of your store. So mm-hmm. when they when they add an item to the cart up at the top, it just says you're only twenty five dollars and thirty two cents away, and it just keeps track of their cart value, and it's super helpful, super useful. One thing I would also add to this point is that I think what I've heard from a lot of new sellers is they say things like, "Well, how could I charge for shipping when Amazon is you know you can get everything two days for free on Prime, all that kind of stuff." Number one. You got to be a prime member to get that. And that costs like $119 a year. So it's not free. But two, um, I would just encourage you to try to get out of that mindset because it's just Mm -hmm. not true. Like people will pay for shipping Mm -hmm. and like, yeah, it works. We see that it works. I mean, I've been using this tactic for a billion years. Like it it just works. So don't use the Amazon excuse. It's just simply not true. Yeah. And, and I mean, one way to look at it is like, this is kind of a giving you a way to compete with Amazon. Mm-hmm. No, you, maybe you can't offer free shipping because that's really expensive. Amazon is a company that I believe they don't actually make money on paper every year. Um, from what I understand, they, they're always stepping up their game and doing these very, like these amazing customer centric kind of strategies that make it very hard for e-commerce businesses like us to compete. But this is a way for you to compete. You're just saying, you know, if you if customers spend this much, then you can offer free shipping too. Mm-hmm. And 
the last thing I'll say about this is there, I feel like there is some strategy to it. So for example, if you looked at your average order value and let's say it was $45. That's a great point. Offering free shipping on orders over $50, the average customer is only going to need to spend like five more dollars or, you know, like to get that free shipping, they'll, they'll probably spend more, but that's like a good way of thinking about it because if you if your average order value is $45 and you're saying free shipping over $150, it's highly unlikely that someone yeah. that mo when most customers spend $45, it's highly unlikely that they're gonna spend $150. So I do think that this is something to take into consideration. Think about your average order value. This kind of ties back into it and then be like, okay, what would it get? What what kind of threshold can I put where it's just above that average order value to encourage them to buy two or three items to get the free shipping. And that usually like you should see a bump from that over a pretty quick period of time if you're being really strategic about it. Also as another tip, kind of on the other side of that, what you just said is what I see a lot that people do is they set a free shipping threshold, but then they don't, they don't actually consider their prices. Mm. And so let's say, let's say like your t-shirts are $20, $24 a piece. Your t-shirts are $24 a piece and you decide you're going to do free shipping over 50. And what you're going to start noticing is when people add two t-shirts to the cart, it's $48 yeah. and that is just going to piss people off. I'm telling yeah, you. So totally. low either, either two options, lower it to 45 or 40 to, to help them qualify so that you'll get, you'll get more, a lot more sales that way. Cause you'll start getting a bunch of abandoned carts. If it's just, everybody's hitting 48 and not quite hitting the 50. Uh, mm -hmm. So either either lower the threshold or raise your prices. Either of yeah. them work. You could raise your prices up to twenty six, twenty seven, to where more people start qualifying, and you've also increased your profit because you've just raised the prices. So it's just don't fall victim to that. If you're like, this is a great idea, I want to do it right now, but then you don't right. actually do the math on your most popular products. Like you gotta you gotta kind of consider that. Totally, hundred percent. All right, why don't you take number two, Carrie? I'm gonna take number two. I wanted to mention one thing real quick though. Sure. Uh, this is kind of off subject. So we were talking, I'm just going to give them a sneak peek. We were talking before this episode about maybe doing some episodes where we kind of do these large brand breakdowns where we, where we look at a huge clothing brand uh, that maybe a lot of people have heard of. And we kind of break down maybe how they were started or how, how much revenue they're bringing in based off their traffic and kind of what their strategies are. Like, how are they doing this? First of all, if you go if you go DM us on Instagram, let us know if you what you think about that idea. Like if we were to take a huge brand and really like dig in, break it down, and it, try to figure out why they're successful on a podcast episode, I want to know what you would think of that. Just tell us, tell it, shoot us a DM. Let us know if that's a cool idea. But I wanted to ask you because I was thinking about this. Have you seen? Are you familiar with that the brand Fabletics? It's like yeah, Kevin Hart. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Are you familiar with their strategy? Because I just got wind of this strategy and I think we should maybe do a brand breakdown on Fabletics for the simple fact that their pricing strategy is so like, I think it's genius, mm. but at the same time, I'm like, is it genius? I mean, I think it is because they're super successful, but yeah. I'm almost wondering if there's some, if there's something there that we could utilize that people could utilize. Are you familiar with how they do their whole business? So I know that they, they, so they have a membership, right? They have a membership. Kind of. Okay. I thought I, from what I understood, they have like a membership and they usually use kind of a loss leader. Like they give people an irresistible offer to get in. It'll be like, oh, 
leggings for two leggings for 25 bucks or something like crazy cheap just to get them kind of hooked and then people can continue buying but they're more expensive moving forward is that is that kind of what you're getting or what i want to save this for another episode i just i was thinking about the free shipping thing and all that stuff and like it just kind of jogged my brain because i think i thought this was so interesting so basically there's one piece you're missing there i think you may already know this but this is what kind of blew my mind my brother orders all their stuff. He's like, it's the best athletic stuff ever. Like it's so good. So they, they have this membership that's 59 99 a month, which is really, I mean, I think that's really expensive. Like you pay 59 99 a month, but then you, that gives you access to the cheap deals, like the two for 24 and all this stuff. Mm. Here's the kicker though, that I did not, I did not know my, I was telling my wife, I was like, cause she was looking for some, some athletic clothes. I was like, you should check out Fabletics. She went on there and she was like, she read about it. And she was like, I'm not paying $59.99 a month. Like, what is this scam? Like, no. So I was like, I think there's something else to this. So I asked my brother and my brother was like, no, 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 you got it all wrong. It's $59.99 a month, but that they give you that as a credit towards clothes. Oh, and I was like, what? Like it, it, it kind of blew That's my different. mind. Yeah. So like. You get people on in a continuity for fifty nine ninety nine a month, but every single month you automatically have sixty dollars that you can use for new clothes, and you also get access to all those deals as a VIP member, paying that fifty nine a month. So it's like wow. I was just kind of thinking about it. I was like, man, this is a great deal. Like, two they're they're always running the two for twenty four sales and all this stuff. That's kind of like a VIP uh, VIP deal. It's like mm-hmm. I spend 60 bucks, way more than 60 bucks a month on clothes personally. Right. It's like, should I do that? Like, I, was kinda, I mean, it got, like, it kind of got me. I haven't signed yeah. up yet, but like, I think we should maybe, that should, this should maybe be a brand where we break down their whole marketing strategy. Um, Cause they also do some other cool things that I, that I love to talk about in another episode. But anyways. Yeah. It was started by, I think Kate Hudson, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. And, and um, I know Kevin Hart is like part owner or maybe spokesman. Yeah, I've seen Kevin Hart on there. It's like, from what I understand, they're kind of, they're kind of uh, USP is they're like Lululemon, but cheaper. It's like Lululemon yeah. quality, but way cheaper. Well, but here's the weird thing is if you're not a VIP member, the prices are pretty, pretty expensive. Like they're, I, I don't right. say, I wouldn't say expensive, but they're, they're definitely not cheap. Right. And so they get you, like you said, by saying, Hey, become a VIP member. You get this discounted pricing. It's just a, it's just something I haven't really seen a lot. And then the, and then the $59 credit, uh, just kind of blew my mind. Um, I didn't know that aspect that about the credit that actually makes it so much more appealing. Yeah. But it also makes people feel like I got to use this. I need to use this money. And I wonder, I wonder if it goes away. I wonder, I don't think you can, I bet you can't stack it. I bet it, it's like, you got to use it each month. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. You know, going on kind of like asking the listeners what, what, if they like this idea, I also want, would like to know if they would like us to do big brands, or if they would like to folk us to focus on some kind of like six and seven figure e-commerce brands that we see that are doing really well. Cause there's so many of them out there. Oh, yeah. A lot of them Thousands. have different strategies for acquiring customers. Like you look at someone like whole, the whole strengths of the world, they're huge on Instagram reels and TikTok. Um, they're also running a lot of ads, but then you look at, you know, they're different companies that are really successful. They have kind of different strategies. And I, I, the cool thing about that is like, these are brands that started just like, just so like we all do listeners, you know, whereas Fabletics, some people might be like, well, I'm not yeah. 
athletics. I don't know. But I mean, that that's a good question. Like, would you guys like to see us do it of some really big brands? Or would you like to see us do the deep dives of like some e-commerce apparel brands that are kind of in the six and seven figure range and kind of talk about their strategies that you can, you know, mimic? Well, I think, I think they, I think listeners would get the most value out of, like you said, those six and seven figure brands. Mm -hmm. But I do also think what you can take from those really big brands like that, like a Fabletics, mm -hmm. the reason I think it'd be cool to break them down is because the, it's the strategies, like the customer acquisition yeah. strategy. Ac yeah. Customer acquisition strategies. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we could break down that whole path and like really look at it, man, I think that's so cool. Like I would love to listen to that and just totally. figure out what elements that we could all take and put into our smaller businesses. You know, yeah. maybe it's not a, maybe it's not a 59.99 a month credit, but maybe like we've talked about before doing a sale where you, you, you know, you get a free credit towards your purchase mm -hmm. and maybe we look at Fabletics and, and, and adjust it and do something similar mm. might work great for our brands. Anyways, no, we you're gotta right. Get, uh, there's so much you could, yeah. No, but there's so much you could take, uh, lessons you could take from that. Another thing that just kind of came to mind is, um, you know, when you do have or like having a what what they call a loss leader, which is essentially just a really irresistible offer, like a really, like almost a yeah. product. And I've actually seen this with quite a few e-commerce brands where they have a product where they almost break even on it. But the really what it is, it's a foot in the door. It's to get someone over to your store for them to see your other products. And what they're probably doing is calculating their average order value and seeing if it makes sense for them to do this. But that's yeah. a strategy you can take from Fabletics in the sense that they have an irresistible offer that's getting a lot of people in the door. You, you don't have to do the exact same thing, but you could do an irresistible offer. Oh, absolutely. And do the same thing. So, and then you can read the market to those people. You know, maybe they just buy the one shirt the first time, but you know that they're going to be likely to buy a second or a third time based on your customer lifetime value, like your sales over time of a customer. Yes. So we're going. And that's to a perfect. <laughs> that's a perfect segue into our number two <laughs> way to increase your average order value, which is product bundles. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, the reason I say that's a perfect segue because it it actually is is because. Um, by utilizing product bundles, you that's one way you can create an irresistible offer mm -hmm. is by bundling some products together and giving them at some sort of a discount or some sort of a special special offer. Um, so, you know, basically, again, what a product bundle is, I'm sure you understand, but just when you bundle together certain products together, you charge less than if the items were purchased individually. And right. again, this creates that sexy, you know, irresistible offer where they just look at it. It's like, oh, I could get this, this, and this for you know a cheaper price than if i bought them all out it's like that's a no-brainer right? right it's really good and um i had a student uh inside shirt school that um scaled their business up to over seven figures per year and nice. it was kind of on the back of an offer like this they mm. were doing three different products related to their niche i don't want to give it away just because it's their only it's their i don't want to tell what the exact products were sure. but it was it was uh it was this bundle of three different products. And I think the value of them was somewhere around like four, 140, 150. And they discounted it down to like 89 wow. bucks. Whoa. And it was like this bundle. And it was one of their most popular products along with some more utility products. Mm. And uh, it was amazing. I mean, they ran ads to it. You know, they, they did all this kind of stuff. Had another student that was doing um, multi six figures per year. Similar thing. It was like a t-shirt. And I think he did like a, um, like a, uh, like a, like a workshop rag that was like custom printed 
it was mm -hmm. really cool. It did some cool stuff with it. But that's the idea here is that you can increase average order value by bundling together you know, either similar products or products that complement each other that would create a big, a good bundle. You have some, we have some examples here, like, uh, you know, one we've seen a lot. I even have this in some of my presentations is the matching mom and daughter, uh, t-shirts where it says, or mom and son or whatever, mom and child, uh, parent and child, I should say, it says you're killing me smalls. And then the kid's shirt mm -hmm. says smalls and it's yeah. like, get them together. Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. We, again, one that we just saw the other day in this exact same vein, one, again, one of our, um, one of our six figure founder students, they have, uh, they have an, uh, an offer like this and it's actually, I guess I probably shouldn't give it away <laughs> because it'll you can really tell what it is, but it's for kids and they can match with, with, uh, one of their toys, like they can match right. with. Yeah. So it, like, that was a really cool idea. And then you also have here on here, like during the pandemic, uh, you know, a shirt and a matching mask was a cool, mm -hmm. was a cool bundle. Um, but generally just really be thinking popular. of thinking of utility items that you could add mm -hmm. in that have high perceived value that you could bundle together and give it a discount. And that's a good way to get your average order value up thoughts, Adrian. Yeah, that was really well said. I don't, it really was not, that was not well said. I was I, stumbling. I, I, I thought it was well said. I don't have a lot to add to that. Product bundles are pretty much exactly what they sound like, the bundled products. And I just like that you emphasize that they should be complementary. That's going to yes. increase the conversion rate. That's going to increase the percentage that someone's going to take it because, you know, you want to put a product in front of them being like, oh, I can get this product and the second product that I also like, but they might not have been thinking about buying, but I can get them for significantly less than if I bought them separately. So it's a great incentive. And I think that a lot of people have a lot of success doing this. And a couple apps that um, actually, no, never mind. I have I have some app recommend recommendations for the other ones. The bundling, um, yeah, that's kind of all I have to say about that. I think that was well said, Kerry. So why don't we hop on to number three and what i've done is i've actually broken up the next couple even though they're, they kind of complement each other and some people might even think of them the same but i broke them up for a particular reason and so i'll try to explain them differently as differently as possible but the next one is cross sells and order bumps essentially the same thing same thing and cross sells or order bumps are essentially when you try and get customers to purchase more than they originally intended. And the best example that I can think of for this, hands down is Amazon. How many times, Carrie, do you go onto Amazon, you go and you, you, you select the product that you wanna buy, and then below it says something like frequently bought together. And it makes so much sense. For example, if you are buying a camera and then it says frequently brought together, it's like a battery for that specifically for that camera. Or well, another thing, another thing they do is they also advertise sometimes the bundles. So like, yep. like that, where you go to look at a camera and you're like, oh, I'm going to add this to cart. But then it's like, it's like, you know, frequently bought together and it's like, you can actually get the bundle at a discounted price, you know, like, and it has all these different bundles. Like a, I'm thinking of a camera specifically. Yeah. So it's like, that's like combining two of the tactics, but keep going. They're the kings of this. The, like, oh honestly, yeah, the algorithm. If you want to see the best in the business at like upsells, cross sells, product bundling. It is Amazon.com, and that is why. Funny enough, some of these apps in the Shopify store they actually try to mimic Amazon. They try to make 
the app on your website look like Amazon. They'll use the same verbiage. They'll lay it out the same way because they know that Amazon is the conversion kings. And I highly recommend just going on there for market research purposes and look at all the things they're doing. You can take a lot of great ideas from there. And a lot of times there's an app in the Shopify store that can create something similar for you, for your store. So you don't have to go in and code and do all this crazy stuff because none of us want to be in there coding. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, they're they're the absolute best example. And some of the apps, there's so many apps. Like if you just go into the Shopify app store and type in cross sells, you're going to get so many different apps. But a couple of the ones that I've either used or a lot of other people use are really popular is the also bought app. That's one that I use for a really long time. And that essentially mimics Amazon. So it just says customers who bought this also bought. And from what I understand, they use they look at all the data of your sales and they show the customers the products that people bought when they bought the product that they just added to their store. Does that make sense, Gary? Did I explain yeah. that okay? So yeah. if someone adds a t-shirt and there's a, a hoodie that's, that a lot of people buy when they purchase that t-shirt, they'll show that hoodie and say, customers who bought this also bought this. And so it's actually strategic. They're not just showing mm -hmm. them random stuff. They're actually showing them the stuff that a lot of people do buy. Maybe it's a shirt and a matching hat They'll show them the matching hat, something like that. I think it's brilliant. And there's another app called Frequently Bought Together, which they're essentially the same thing. And they just kind of mimic Amazon, but that stuff can really work well. So yes, yeah. Very good. I love it. Uh, not a, not a, like a, personally, I'm not like a huge fan of cross sales, but uh, and I do I do like order bumps when they're done in a certain way, because uh, mm -hmm. like like on an order bump, if you can if it can be like a like a no brainer item, like oh I gotta have that right like yeah. ten bucks yeah that's like right. a great example of like an order bump you know just having like a little yeah I'll add that on for ten bucks you know especially if it gets them to go over the free shipping threshold, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, yes. But you know, just the, those are kind of the strategic things to think about, like depending on the niche you're in, you know, there might be either a print on another print on demand product. Like for instance, like a sticker, right? Like, mm -hmm. like stickers, let's say you're selling t-shirts in some niche or something. And you know, you have, you set up an order bump. That's like, Hey, you want to add a three pack of stickers for 10 bucks? You know, like mm -hmm. that's like, and it's, you know, it's maybe the same design or something similar I mean, I, I like I'd probably add it on, right? Like, oh yeah, ten bucks, boom! Like I just add it on at the end. So I like that a lot, just to kind of bump your average order value. Yeah, yeah, good point. Number four, number four is uh, in the same vein as cross sales and order bumps, but number four is upsells. So similar to cross sales, upsells are when you try and get customers to purchase more than they originally intended, uh, but they these are a little bit different. Um, different in the, in the kind of the strategy, there's really two types of upsells. Um, and the first type is a pre-purchase upsell. And the second type is a post-purchase upsell. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, there's a number of ways to kind of describe these, but you know, my favorite, there's, there's a couple things I've seen in Shopify stores that I like this, like, I don't generally anymore really go with the pop-up kind of upsell, but I know that, you know, that was something that it's still used from time to time, but I think stores more used years ago was a little bit more popular. What's mm. become more more popular in 
more recent years is post-purchase upsells mm -hmm. because they work so dang good. They just work mm -hmm. so good. I'll explain those in a minute. But pre-purchase upsells, you can have basically when an item is added to cart or when they advance to the checkout, you can have a pop-up come up that says, hey, would you also like to add this, right? One example, the easiest example is just thinking about going to McDonald's, buying a combo meal and, and or buying a burger and they say, what, do you also want fries? Do you right. also want a drink? Do you also want no an apple pie? Yeah. Right. They're just upselling you. And what they're doing is they're just trying to get you to spend more money in one purchase, a yep. la average order value. So one way is doing it by pop-up, something like that. Um, another way that you can do a pre-purchase upsell, one that I, I, I really like when utilized correctly is doing an in-cart upsell. Have you seen mm. in like in-cart upsells? Yes. We, that, we use that. So we use an app. Oh, I forget what it's called, but it essentially has like a slider drawer that comes out yeah. and it shows complimentary products. Yeah, that's cool. Again, it's based on past customer buyer, buyer history. Yeah. So yes. That's really cool. Another one that I've seen a lot is where it's actually embedded in the add to cart page where it has like maybe a limited time offer that says, Hey, for the next three minutes, you can also add this product and there's just an add to cart button there. Mm -hmm. The reason I like that versus pop-ups is because pop-ups just tend to be a little bit more intrusive. They tend to feel a little more spammy. Uh, I like it when it's kind of embedded right there on the cart mm -hmm. page, just as a you know big and bold right there. As you're about to check out, it's like, you could also add this special offer 20% off for the next three minutes. You know, I like that. Right. So that's kind of like pre-purchase. There's some other ways to do that. Adrian mentioned like a, a pop-out cart. Then there's post-purchase. There's a couple different ways you can do post-purchase. Um, and similar to what we just talked about, you know, you can have offers on the thank you page. So when they check out and they complete their order, you can actually put some additional offers there. Mm -hmm. But the best way, most powerful way is one click upsells. Uh, mm -hmm. so, um, these are post-purchase upsells where the customer doesn't have to re-enter their credit card information. Right. So I'm sure most of us listening have encountered one of these at some point, but you go to check out, you're, you check everything, your shipping's right, everything's right. You hit that complete purchase button. And as soon as you hit that button, a pop-up comes up and says, your order is not, you know, your order is not complete. One more step, mm -hmm. uh, would you like to add this at a special offer? And you can just, with one click, you can push add to order. And the, you don't have to re, it saves your credit card information and you don't have to re-enter it again. This is by far, the, in my opinion, you, you may, have, may differ, but my opinion, the best, uh, highest converting upsell strategy. Yeah. And um, We've got a few apps here as well that kind of that do these kind of things. So Zipify one click upsell is mm -hmm. kind of the it's kind of the the leading uh, the leading app. It's really good. All the Zipify yeah. stuff is good. In my opinion, I think I think it's a little it's a little pricey, especially if you're mm -hmm. a newer seller. Um, it can be a little bit pricey, but definitely worth it, especially at scale. It's uh, it's a phenomenal app, and in, in combination with Zipify Pages, can also be really powerful. We've got Honeycomb, uh, Candy Rack, Cart Hook post-purchase offers. I've used Cart. I've used Cart Hook. Haven't used Candy Rack or Honeycomb. Um, I'm sure you, maybe you've used those. In I the use past. Honeycomb right now. Very I used cool. to use One Click Upsell, which is yeah. awesome, but I agree it's pricey, um, and I it does require setting up. So the thing I my 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 issue with it was that we had to go in and create all the offers ourselves, and it was very time consuming mm -hmm. and. 
things are changing all the time when you're adding new arrivals. And so you have to always be going and updating, whereas Honeycomb just takes the data and it scans it and it offers them the products nice. that customers are most likely to buy. I would love to see one click upsell do that. And maybe they do do that now, but they didn't do that when we were using them. Yeah. And we didn't like how manual it was. So we switched to Honeycomb, Not, yeah. but one click upsell was awesome. It's it amazing. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. And the kind of the, the big difference is if you're wondering one Zipify, one click upsell, it allows you to really like create a, a more branded experience, a longer form kind of upsell page. If you're familiar with like a click funnels, you know, type software, it's, it's more in that vein of like, instead of just having an upsell there after the checkout, you can actually create kind of like a longer form, uh, upsell page with more information. Right. Um, mm -hmm. and that's kind of its claim to fame essentially. The other one I put on here, which I really, really like is called reconvert. Mm -hmm. Um, has a lot, it has a lot of features in it. It's very affordable. It's really good. It has some of that, um, some of that AI stuff like you're talking about with kind of, you know, scanning all your, all your sales data and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So reconverts really good, really good one that I like. Um, I think that wraps up number four, anything else yeah. you want to add? Yeah, a couple of things I want to add. I think I think you did a really good job of explaining that. I just want to add that when you well, first of all, I will say, you know, pop-ups can be very disruptive during the buying process, and I always tell my students, make it as easy as possible for the customer to buy. And that's why I totally agree with you that the post-purchase upsells are so much more powerful because they're not disruptive. The sale has already been made. Like yeah. you've already held their hand through the process. They have purchased an item and now the pop-up shows giving them an irresistible offer for another item. Usually it's limited time. It'll be like for the next 10 minutes, get 20% off this item. And if you have that mentality, like there's a good chance that this customer will not come back again, just based on my data, then you, you want to get as much out of them in that first purchase. Yeah. And that's a great way to do it. And even if your profit margin isn't as much on that second product, making an extra, let's say $15 profit is better than not making any profit all all and them not taking that offer. So you've already got them to buy something and now anything additional is going to help your profit margins a lot. So I agree that post-purchase, you know, you have the pop-up and it's really effective. I don't like it as much pre-purchase. So mm -hmm. in by one click upsell and a lot of these other ones, you can have pre-purchase upsells as well, where there's a pop-up before they go to check out. And it just seems like you said, kind of spammy disruptive is the way that I would explain it. And you don't want to create any friction in the buying process and make it super, super simple. And that's why I also like your idea of having it embedded in there or the way we have it with this page, the, you know, the cart drawer that just mm -hmm. shows the products. And I mean, look at Amazon. You don't see Amazon having pop-ups pre-purchase either. So they probably know that they're not as effective when you, when you're doing the upsells, you want it to almost seem like it's a recommendation from a friend or something. You don't want it to seem like every time they press a call to action button, like add to cart, a pop-up comes up, then they press yeah. checkout and another pop-up comes up. And I've seen stores like that. And it's, it actually leads to a pretty annoying customer process. You know, and, what I, I, mean? and I think in the last, like maybe five years, it just kind of gotten progressively worse where people right are just people are just obviously more you know they're they talk about some of the experts the gurus they talk about like the stages of the the um 
I don't know what you call it, like the the, the kind of the customer psychology of like mm-hmm. the education of the market. You know what I mean? And they, mm-hmm. they they go through these these kind of stages. And so, you know, in e-commerce, it's like uh, online sales have grown by leaps and bounds every single year. It's just like boom, mm-hmm. boom, boom. So like more people are shopping online, more people are comfortable with it. They do it frequently, so they 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 become familiar with the tactics, and that's why. Mm-hmm some of these tactics have to change. That's mm-hmm. why you almost never go to a website anymore and see the countdown with the fake, like fake scarcity right, right. on the, on the add to cart page, like, like right. offer ending in four minutes and 37 seconds and only oh, so 10 spam. in stock. And it's so spammy, especially 42 sold in the sale. last minute. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, just like, sure. Yeah. No, I, I remember like a couple of years ago, that was really big. The yeah. Urgency clocks and saying like oh five people are looking at this right now and there's only four left in stock and you can only get it for the next two minutes and the funniest thing is when it's like it doesn't make sense like they're they're not even getting a deal like it's not a sale and it's like your order is only available for a couple minutes it's like like really you think you're not fooling anybody it actually makes you break trust like i actually think it has an opposite effect you're like why is there always only one in stock there's only one left every website i go to right or how is there always only one in stock yeah exactly no it's true the the other thing i was gonna say is you don't necessarily need to offer a discount for pre-purchase or post-purchase but you got to expect that if you give people an incentive it's gonna improve your conversion rates what mm-hmm. I see quite a few um, companies do, and we actually played around this too. We, maybe we still do this in our store, but we don't give a discount for the pre-purchase, but we give a discount for the post-purchase. So the pre-purchase is like a recommendation based on what other people bought. It's going to show them mm-hmm. something else that's very complimentary. And we're just trying to show them that it exists because you would be surprised. I mean, you know this, Carrie, but I think a lot of people would be surprised how many people, when they see an ad, they just go straight to that product, just buy that product, and they don't look at anything else on your store. They might not even know that you have five other products with this exact same design Mm -hmm. and some that they would love that would make so much sense for them. So that's kind of how we think of our pre-purchase upsells and then post-purchase because they've already purchased from us. We've already made that sale and we don't want to assume that they're all going to come back again. We're like, what can we give them? What, what irresistible offer can we give them to get them to spend more so that we make more profit from the sale, they get more and hopefully they'll come back. But if they don't, at least we kind of, you know, we're able to maximize that average order value. Yes. So yeah, I want Good to say the, the last thing I wanted to say was there's some kind of out of the box upsells that I've seen. And a couple of them are one, have you ever heard of the skip the line upsell where you can pay for priority? Yes, I I did that. What's that? I've done that. And it it was, yes, it worked like, it it worked like hotcakes. Dude, the the brand that I I talked to, they did it and they said it worked like hotcakes too, especially around Christmas time when people are worried about not getting Mm -hmm. orders in time. So just to explain to the listeners what this means is essentially you pay a fee to get your order made priority, to get it jump other people's orders. So maybe you were the 50th order that day and your order is gonna get fulfilled in that order, but you could pay $5 to skip the line and all of a sudden you're first on the list for the fulfillment. So it helps your chances. There's not really um, any way to do that with print on demand, right? Just kind of jogging your brain. You can't really do it with print on demand. It would be really challenging. They, so they did not, they self-fulfilled yeah. from their that's own. That's what I was, warehouse. that's what I did when I was doing it. 
Yeah. So they were an apparel company. They were like a, you know, an e-commerce apparel brand, super successful, but that's, I think that's the only way they could do it. Like if you did it from print on demand, you would probably have to manually, it would, oh man, it wouldn't be worth your time. No. Like you'd have to manually go and, and like, I don't know, like pause all the other orders above it. It just wouldn't make sense probably. So what I did app for that in the future, <laughs> what I did was, um, basically it was a limited time offer. Um, you know, like we're only selling it for the next 14 days or something. And I basically just said, because of, you know, because of the popularity, because of the high demand, uh, you know, you can, you can check this box to get priority, you know, to get your, mm. to get your ordership first. And I think I just charged like two ninety, like $2 and 95 cents. Wow, that's uh, really reasonable. But like, if you could charge more than that, I think you could tra easily charge like four ninety five, maybe even like nine ninety five. Mm -hmm. But it, I would like we. So going back to earlier, we talked about order bumps. If you are fulfilling your own stuff, like this is a no brainer. Just right. especially during the four, during the entire fourth quarter, from mm -hmm. like October through the end of the year, mm -hmm. just literally add an order bump. That's like want want to get your order before everyone else. Like check yeah. this box for six ninety five or something you will yeah you will absolutely crush it and it's a hundred percent profit you literally just have to move that order up you know print the label and just ship it first like it's yeah. so easy and it's a no-brainer it makes a lot of sense in, in situations like that but that is one that i've seen people do non-print on demand i've only seen non-print on demand do it and had a lot of success another one is expedited shipping so yep. what people will do is they'll have a standard shipping and they'll have an express shipping and they'll just mark up the express shipping a little bit more than they're paying so that they make a couple dollars extra profit for anyone who takes them up on that. And I'm telling you, Q4, man, that is one yes. of the times where it's really powerful. We get so many people. We actually only usually offer expedited shipping in Q4 because sometimes it can be a bit of a pain um, with print on demand. Usually it's pretty smooth, but yeah. Um, yeah. So and I then think the you got number, I think you got number five. Right. Oh, okay. The last yeah. thing I was going to say is uh, real quick is shipping insurance. This is something that was really big Ooh. like a year or two ago where people would use an app that had shipping insurance and they'd charge a couple dollars and it would secure your order and make it so that if your order was lost for any reason in transit, there would be no questions asked. You would have the order resent to you and you wouldn't have to repay to order it or anything like that. So I yeah. did see people using that. Although I will say I've seen it kind of fall off lately. Like it was really big, maybe like one or two years ago. And I see it a lot less now. So I think it was more popular when there was all the delays and everything mm. with, you know, and all the issues during the pandemic with like USPS and that kind of stuff. Like there were so many issues. Yeah. And so I think it's probably That's more popular point. at that time, but I bet it still works. Yeah. You know, I'm some, sure people, so capacity. there's apps for it. Like you can get them in the Shopify app store. Wow. So, uh, all right. Number five, we talked about ourselves for so long. Let's jump on to Cause they're five. so good. There's so much to say about them and they're just so powerful, but all right. Number five, customer loyalty program. So, this is exactly, again, what it sounds like. You're offering incentives for your customers to either earn rewards or points or something under your loyalty program. And this can significantly increase your average order value. So you see so many brands that have customer loyalty programs. And there's a reason for that because their goal is to get customers to A, spend more and two, buy more frequently. And customer loyalty programs are really good for this. Now, one thing I would caution in terms of customer loyalty programs is I wouldn't do this right away personally because I Same. think there's 
there's so many things that we can do that it can be so overwhelming that we end up doing nothing at all. It's yet mm -hmm. analysis paralysis where you just, you're like, oh, there's so many things. So what I like to do, the way I like to explain it is break everything up in chunks. Think of it as a staircase and you're just going one step at a time. So this would be something I would only do after I knew my niche, I had designs, my website was finished, the minimal viable product of my website was finished, and I was starting to market my products, and I was feeling good about things. I had done a lot of that upfront work, and now it's just kind of focused on marketing and dropping mm -hmm. new designs. It would be somewhere around this point that I would consider implementing this as like a future project. Um, yes. But Kerry, your th uh, <laughs> excuse me, your thoughts. I mean, I think customer loyalty programs can be really powerful, but it's just like you said, this would, this would, to me, this would be lowest on the totem pole out of all mm -hmm. six of like mm -hmm. things you should do to get your average order value up. This is probably at scale. It makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, when your business is really growing in sales and it's like, you want to just take advantage, just get, just get more people engaged in your brand, you know, promoting your brand and bringing you sales. Like, yeah, I think it's an amazing idea. Just caution. If you don't have any sales, don't do this. It doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. Because, yeah. yeah, you're going to be paying to have that app or whatever yeah. it is for your loyalty program, most likely. And maybe there's some freemiums where only when you get a certain amount of people in, yeah. you start paying. But still, it's it's extra work. And if, if it's work that's not going to be rewarded, then... Yeah like there's no harm in doing that as a next step and focusing on things that are more important like revenue generating activities such as dropping new designs and marketing your products getting them in front of people and making those sales yep um okay the cool. final one number six and i think we're gonna talk about this in a future episode but number six is repeat customer sales now the reason i put this on here is literally because of one stat that i just think about almost daily uh, that's out there. And I, I've, I've been talking, I've put this stat in my presentations for years just cause it's like so powerful. Uh, but it is simply this repeat customers are nine times more likely to convert. Like they're at nine times more likely to buy than first time buyers. That's powerful. And they spend three times more on average than first time buyers. So they're nine times more likely to convert to sales mm -hmm. and they spend three times more than first time buyers. So I know you kind of talked about this a little bit in the beginning uh, about, you know, about repeat sales. Like we, you've been, you've been saying it throughout, like we don't know if people are going to come back. Mm -hmm. Absolutely agree with that. But at the same time, like that doesn't mean you shouldn't try to get people to come back. Right. We oh, both absolutely. are, we both are huge believers in email marketing and these, mm -hmm. these follow-up methods. And so really one of the most powerful things you can do. And it, to me, it is kind of low hanging fruit because I, mm -hmm. I if if you're actively driving traffic to your website, like you're getting daily clicks to your website, it's like, it's not hard to build your email list and then, you know, and then send them an email each week and try to get some repeat buyers, even if it's at small, you know, small scale. But anyways, repeat customers nine times more likely to convert to sale and spend three times more on average than first time buyers. So Man. getting repeat customer sales easy way to increase your average order value. Three ways you can do that. Email marketing, number one, mm -hmm. of course. SMS marketing, we've talked about this a few times. And uh, and then I also put retargeting ads on here. Mm -hmm. So just to talk about those a little bit, you know, email marketing is the most common one. It's tried and true, tested, like 
if you're listening to this right now and you're just like, does it really work in 2023? Yes, it works. A hundred percent it works. works. It yes. works so good. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 um, man, it, this is like a total, uh, kind of off subject thought, but kind of related is like, I feel like a lot of these things that are like tried and true, they're almost like working better as time goes on where mm. like people think they're going to get worse. But I think what's happening is as more people are like gravitating towards online stuff and this sounds really bad, but as more people like get more attached to their phones and more like mm. into it, it's like, I almost feel like email marketing is working better than ever. Like it's just getting mm. better because people are more engaged in content in their phones. You know, I don't know if that makes mm. sense, but it's just like, I almost feel like this stuff starts to work better. Um, yeah. And, and same thing with other things like social media. It's like, yeah, is social media becoming more crowded? I mean, maybe, but I think most, a lot of, a huge percentage of the population has already has social media at this point. So yeah. it's like, it almost feels like it's getting more effective because people are more engaged in social media. Anyways, whole nother thing. But email marketing, SMS marketing, uh, you know, you really can't do SMS marketing unless you're building that list. And a lot of those are going to be repeat, repeat customer sales. Um, and then lastly, retargeting ads. So, you know, retargeting ads are generally cheaper to, to run and get sales than, you know, ads you're running to get first time buyers. And that mm -hmm. is simply because people are more familiar with your brand. They've already either seen your brand or they're, they've bought from you before. Maybe they're on your email list. They've got a couple of your emails. Now they're seeing your ads again. So generally retargeting ads are uh, a little bit cheaper. So those are three ways. Um, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, that's a really powerful statistic. And I totally believe that it actually makes so much sense that repeat customers are nine times more likely to convert and three times more than the first time buyers. Because first of all, you've built the trust. That's mm -hmm. one of the biggest hurdles that you need to jump to get that first sale. And that's why it's so important to have your website conversion optimized, to build trust throughout, to have reviews, to have testimonials, to have user-generated content, photos of customers wearing your products, having trust badges. There's so many things you can do to build the trust in the experience. And so it makes sense. They're they're kind of over that hurdle. They're like, oh, I've purchased from them. I have their item. I trust them now. Yeah. Also, there's always some hesitation when people are buying online because a lot of clothes can fit very differently. And so it doesn't, you know, if you're buying like a mug or something, that's cool. Like mugs, one size fits all, you know, most hats are one size fits most, but like when it comes to someone buying, if they're buying a t-shirt or a hoodie or a sweatshirt or leggings, something like that, they, sometimes the, the sizing will be way off mm -hmm. and they can get burned that way. And maybe the com company doesn't have a very user-friendly return or exchange policy. So once they've ordered from you, they kind of get an idea of the fit. They're like, oh, this fits true to size. And now I want to buy a different design, but on the same thing. And I know it's if it's true to size, then they're a lot more comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. um, so I definitely think email marketing is so powerful. And I mean, your goal should always be to try to get repeat sales. That yeah. is where the money is made. That is where the profit, the true profits are made in the repeat sales. But I did want to, did you have something to say, Carrie, real quick? Yeah, I wanted to add that I should be clear here. We're talking about email marketing, SMS marketing, and retargeting ads. Those specific things aren't just for repeat buyers. They're also, mm -hmm. like we met, they could be just people that come, came to your website, entered their email address, or people that came to your website, viewed a product, then went away. I just wanted to add that 
I don't have a statistic on this, but I, but I think also the more touch points you have with the customer, mm-hmm. the higher like not only the higher likelihood they're going to buy, but the higher likelihood they're going to have more trust and then spend more. So, right. you know, if a customer were to see an ad, come to your website, join your email list, get three or four emails from you, you know, and then see a retargeting ad with that same product they purchased, mm-hmm. there's probably a higher likelihood that they're not only going to purchase, but they're going to spend more because they've seen you more, they've consumed more of your content, they trust you a little bit more. So I just yeah. kind of want to add that because some of the things here weren't necessarily just for repeat customer sales, mm-hmm. but, um, but specifically focusing on repeat customer sales, huge, huge boost in, in average order value by doing that. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up about how it's not only email marketing, SMS marketing is not only for repeat sales because I read a report that said the average person has to see something seven times before they make a purchase. And yeah, sometimes you get impulse buyers who see it once and they buy awesome, but most people don't. Like Mm -hmm. I don't buy most things when I see it the first time. I usually have to see it a couple times. So being able to capture their email and remarket to them and just remind them that your product exists same with the remarketing ads it's just a reminder that your product exists that Mm. a lot of times they want but for some reason they might have been disrupted and couldn't purchase it there and with all the distractions we have in the world today it's really easy to forget that you ever saw something yeah and that's why i also think retargeting is really powerful and i just want to kind of explain really briefly what retargeting ads are for anyone who's unfamiliar so generally retargeting ads are essentially where you just you run ads usually on Facebook and Instagram. Those are most common. And you run ads to people showing them items that they had looked at from your original ads. So you run uh, you know, a cold ad campaign where you're getting in front of new people that have never seen you before. And then they click on that item and they look at it and then they leave. And then what you do is you run retargeting ads to show them that same product. And a lot of times the marketers will use language like, oh, did you see something you liked or did you forget something or Mm -hmm. something just to remind them like, hey, don't forget about this. And sometimes they'll add an incentive, like use this code for free shipping. And if you complete your order now, there's a lot of ways that you can leverage that to kind of get them over the over the hump. But I just can also do that. You can also do the almost the same thing in when when they're on your email list, mm-hmm. you know, in Clavio it's called browse abandonment. Yep. Uh, but like if they're on your email list, whether they've purchased from you or not, once mm-hmm. they're on your email list and they go to your website and they view a product, if they're just browsing around, you can actually then tell Clavio, and I'm sure a lot of other uh, email marketing um, softwares, but you can tell Clavio if somebody on my email list views a product, send you know trigger this sequence. And it will actually show them, send them an email and show them that product they were just looking at on your website, which is kind of crazy. I still am like, it's so cool. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. But as long as they're on your email list, it's almost like a retargeting email to get them to purchase that product if they were just browsing. So this is pretty, it's pretty nifty. It's pretty nifty. Yeah. We live in the coolest time ever, man. Like we've got all the technology at our fingertips. We've got social media at our fingertips, which didn't even exist a couple decades ago. So much opportunity. Like there is just endless opportunity out there for anyone who wants to just jump on it and, 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 you know, and, and put in the work. Yep. So I, I 
I truly believe we live in the best time ever for e-commerce and just for like marketing in general. I would hate to have to go the old route where with like either having to start a brick and mortar and that huge upfront investment or like find creative ways like advertising in magazines or newspapers. Handing or out flyers or something like, yeah, I think about that yeah. sometimes. I'm like, ah, I'd hate that. Like we're so lucky. Uh, mm-hmm. I just feel like we live in such a good time to be doing this. For but sure. uh, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. That was a lot, dude. That was we just talked about a lot of it's stuff. It's because I got up off on my Fabletics rant. <laughs> 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 They're ads, man. They're so persistent. I've just been like they've been blowing me up. Like I just yeah. been, oh my god, I haven't even purchased anything yet. But like I feel like I'm going to make a purchase because they're just <laughs> so persistent. It's ridiculous. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's a yeah, lesson. There's a lesson there. Right. No, it's interesting. They seem to like come out of nowhere a couple of years ago and now they're just everywhere. They opened mm-hmm. up a physical location down yep. the street from me and I've, I've seen that. other locations pop up as well. And ironically, the one next one, the one down the street from me is net really close to Lululemon, like dangerously close to Lululemon. Do yep. you think that was an accident? You think that was not intentional? Oh, they're calling them out in their ads. They call them out directly in their ads. They're like really? better than oh, Lululemon, ballsy. you know, or they, they had one from a guy, like an independent creator. I love when brands, this is, I want to save this for another episode, but they had one from an independent creator that was like doing a comparison between Fabletics and Lululemon, but they, it was an ad. Like they ran it as an nice. ad and he's like, you know, here's what I thought between these two, which is better. And yeah. I was like, ah, oh, such a great ad. So Anyways. clever. Yeah. So clever. Anyways, well, I think yeah, that's we, the end we, of the episode. We, what's that? I think that's the end of the episode. Yes. Yes. That was a yes. lot of fun. Uh, there was a lot discussed there. So let's not overwhelm anyone anymore. <laughs> let's not give any more information. I think that's a lot to digest. <laughs> But hopefully people, hopefully that makes sense to everyone. And if anything ever doesn't make sense to any of you guys or you need clarity on on anything, let us know. DM us on social media, Carrie at Carrie Egler, me at Ecom Legends Academy on Instagram. Let us know if you have any need any clarity. We're always happy to help. This is what we do. So, and just, uh, just to remind you, just remind you before we, we check out anybody yeah. who's, uh, or before we close up this episode, uh, submit questions. You can do that just by DMing us on Instagram. We just talked about it. Uh, so if you have questions like you'd love for us to answer on the podcast, just shoot us a DM on Instagram. Yeah. Also, we'd love to know if you want us to do kind of these deep brand breakdowns where we explain why big brands or small brands are successful and kind of pull out some strategies, some tactics, some different things that you can use in your own business. Does that sound interesting to you? Let us know in the DMs on Instagram. Cool. Yeah. Thank and you for maybe listening. We'll have a more seamless process for that in the future. But this is also the beauty of Instagram. It's like in your your phone's probably in your hand right now. So you can go on there and DM yes. us immediately. So yes. this has been a lot of fun, Carrie. Um, and we will wrap it up there. So we will talk to you guys in the next one. See you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Print On Demand Playbook Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us an honest review on whichever platform you are listening from. Thank you so much again, and we will see you very soon.